there was hesitation to build a sales team. Help Scout was and still is a product-driven company. So I think as you help, like if you're coming into a company that is, is beginning to embrace sales, I think the best thing you could do and something that we did probably a little slow was not just start working with customers because at the end of the day, the mindset is like, just help people, right? But it's help other people in the organization realize what you're helping customers with. Ground Up, episode 15. Like most successful product-driven companies, HelpScout was tentative at best about the idea of sales. HelpScout's self-serve model had worked so well, amassing 4,000 customers in four years. But if they were to continue scaling at and above their current rate, they'd need to embrace the idea of sales. But how? In late 2015, HubSpot alum Tim Tyne joined, and through a little luck and flat-out necessity, came to oversee the customer success function, HelpScout's version of sales. In Tim's two and a half years with the company, he's learned how to navigate that change in order for HelpScout to reach its next phase of growth. But in order to understand where they're headed, I first wanted to learn how HelpScout got its start. So we came out of Techstars. So we, the company, I think, was officially founded in 2011. Uh, and I think now, you know, uh, over the years we've grown, so we're about, uh, I think, a little over 9,000 customers now wow. uh, across 140 countries. Uh, so it's not just kind of U.S.-based, but we have companies using us, you know, around the world. What is um What does funding look like? Have you, are you guys bootstrapped? Have you taken funding? <laughs> so I like to say that we're bootstrapped at heart. Uh, <laughs> so our, our co-founders and our, our CEO, Nick, uh, he's really bootstrapped at heart, uh, but we have raised funding. So we had Coming out of Techstars uh, back in 2011, before I was here, uh, I think we had about $700,000 in seed funding. Uh, and then we, we did raise uh, a Series A uh, in 2015 of $6 million from, uh, from Foundry Group. Nice. And how long have you, have long, you were at HubSpot uh, a few years ago. I think that's where you and I first became familiar with each other. But uh, when did you join HelpScout? Yeah, so I joined HelpScout in November of 2015. Uh, so what is that? You know, eight months or so after our Series A funding. So I was at uh, I was at HubSpot. Uh, I had a small stint at a company I uh, I co-founded with two other uh, folks, and then I made my way from uh, from that company into HelpScout. And how what what was your like what was your role at HubSpot and how long were you there for? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's funny. So uh, Pete Caputa and I go way back. So I was on uh, the agency team at HubSpot. Oh, nice. Uh, I was a cha- I was a channel consultant there. So I worked with partners once they had come on board to the partner program. I worked them to kind of help transform their agency from kind of the way they operated into kind of that inbound model uh, and make sure they saw success there. Nice. Nice. So yeah, some some history and some uh, synergy there between Databox and, and, and obviously HelpScout now. Um, yeah. So yeah, when you joined HelpScout, what was your like what was that initial? What did that initial role look like? <laughs> so when I uh, so I'll kind of give you the the backstory there. So when I had decided, you know, the company I co-founded, I was, I had said, you know, I think we're they're going we're going in different directions, and I had decided I wanted to leave. Uh, and one of our one of our investors was Dave Balter, uh, and Dave Balter was also uh, participated in the seed round for Help Scout. So the things I was looking for, right? I'm talking to Dave, and I'm running through a list of like all the things I want in you know a company I'm looking for. And immediately he said, you know, Help Scout jumped out at him uh, and he said he was happy to make an intro. So I actually uh, had two other job offers. Uh, It was Friday. I said, you know, I'm going to let you know by the end of the day. And I met with Nick, our CEO, that Friday morning. 
Uh, I left the meeting. I think we ended up talking for like two hours. Uh, but I left the meeting uh, after two hours. I said, Help Scout's going to be the company I work at. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, there wasn't any openings. Uh, but Nick and I just connected and, and the synergy was there. Uh, so I had decided to come on and I think I started two weeks following that meeting. So, yeah, I mean, they, they certainly had the, uh, the funding for it too at that time. And I also think we said synergy twice so far. So we've met our quota. We probably can't <laughs> say that anymore for the rest Perfect. of the recording. <laughs> and, uh, so you talked about like, you, you weren't sure what you were going to do. So how did that manifest itself? So from the time that you interviewed and then obviously came on board, like when you first joined Help Scout in late 2015, um, like what were your priorities? Uh, what were you working on? What were your goals and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So, so Nick and I's first conversation was around uh, building out customer success uh, at Help Scout. And as we dug deeper, uh, and this kind of came to fruition over you know weeks or months, as we really came to fruition, customer success meant sales. <laughs> uh, but the things that were clear right from our first conversation is uh, there was hesitation to build a sales team. Help Scout was and still is a product-driven company. Uh, so there was, you know, we never had this time. I, I don't remember the exact customer count, but I think we had, you know, three or 4,000 customers at the time. And we really didn't have a sales team, uh, or, you know, a formal customer success team. So it was all so self, was, like a self-serve model that worked really well. Yeah, it was all self-serve. Uh, but that being said, right, we have a phenomenal support team. And if you look at some of the work support was doing, at other companies, they may classify that as sales or as customer success. So a majority was you know, self-service. That being said, there was some human element to it. It just kind of uh, facilitated through the support team. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's more of a product, too, of where sales has come to, right? Like from being mm-hmm. this rocking phones, um, you know, pushing product down, which, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. But now, now it is much more, right, uh, empathetic and personalized and, well, at least in, in, in situations where it's done where it's done right. So, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like Help Scout was doing sales, but for a company that was, like you said, bootstrapped at heart, uh, they probably didn't like that. Like that term salesy can be a dirty word, I think. Uh, in, in my experience being at companies and, and, and knowing people and working with companies that are bootstrapped, like being salesy, quote unquote, is, is could be a dirty word. Did you find that when you first came uh, Very. Uh, you know, and I'd probably say where we're just getting over the, getting over the hump there. <laughs> and what are we, I think, you know, two years in. Uh, but I think <laughs> Still it, some convincing it takes going on. <laughs> well, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I don't, it's hard to say where the, the impression came from. Like there's, you know, the old school car sales guys, but in today's world, I think sometimes it's, it's just a lack of uh, insight into what sales does today. So I think as you help, like if you're coming into a company that is, is beginning to embrace sales, I think the best thing you could do and something that we did probably a little slow was not just start working with customers. Cause at the end of the day, the mindset is like, just help people right? But it's help other people in the organization realize what you're helping customers with. And I think that as soon as we broke down that barrier and started helping people uh, and giving them insight into the problems we were working on and how we work with customers, we started to break down that barrier or, you know, quite frankly, the assumption of what sales is. So tell me about like, before we go forward and, and, and talk about how that evolved and, and where you guys are at now, when you first came on board, um, like what did that, it's, I mean, the model obviously was working, you know, fairly well for that scale. What did the model look like at that time? It was self-serve. Like what did the, like what did, what did the customer flow look like for Help Scout in, in late 2015? Yeah. So, uh, that hasn't changed all that much, right? 
bringing into, you know, today. So at the time it was still, you know, very much we have, we have a really good blog with really helpful content. Uh, so we had a lot of people coming into the blog and coming into the website and then people were just kind of uh, self-servicing their way. They were signing up for trials and then they were working through the trials and when there was friction or if they needed help, they'd often just contact support. And then support and, would sort of act as this quote unquote sales role. Exactly. Right. They answer questions they had. They help them with, you know, proactive coaching on how to use the product. We just weren't calling it sales. Right. And the the key metric, though, so when we start thinking of kind of self-service, the key thing that we looked at and right and what uh, was that our our numbers were great. Like we're just doubling in size. I think it was, you know, year over year. And if you looked at it, trials kept going up and our conversion of trials. So the percent of trials that were coming in that were becoming paying customers was staying steady, if not growing. So when you look at a business, you That's say, impressive. okay, well, you're, right. you're growing consistently, the, the funnel is working, and you're converting great. Like, why add sales into the mix? And then the, the next metric we looked at was the customer size. So we started saying, okay, well, all of these customers converting, our you know, average revenue per customer wasn't changing, right? It was staying steady, and it consistently stayed steady even as other metrics grew. Now, you could say, well, maybe these are just the type of customers we want, or Based on our, you know, our top of funnel marketing, this is what we're driving into the trial funnel. And if that's the case, maybe you have to shift marketing. But what happened was we started digging into that. We said, well, let's look at all of these trials, right? And we had a good number of trials coming in every month. And when we started looking at it, we started picking out like larger accounts. <laughs> and we're like, these, these companies are not small. They're not you know, large enterprises, but these are not small companies signing up. Why aren't these accounts converting? And that's really where we started was like focus on these larger accounts. And at the end of the day, we just learned like they need more help. Uh, their, you know, their evaluation process is more difficult. And we just needed they needed a resource to help them. Right. And their their pricing structure is probably going to look a little differently, too. Right. Was that a conversation that happened at the time or, or is happening now? Like what were was the was the play to increase your average revenue per customer that was coming in? Um, and that's why you were obviously digging into these metrics or was it more about just, you know, increasing just conversions in general and increasing sign up to paid? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's always a little bit of both, right? You always want your average revenue per customer to go up. Uh, and you can do that by getting different customers. You can do that by better, you know, pricing and packaging. Uh, we were really at this time, really just trying to understand how do we win? We wanted to get average revenue per customer up. But that didn't necessarily mean we needed average revenue per customer for like our smaller business segment up. It was how do we just get larger accounts? So everything in Help Scout on the pricing side is per user. So at this time, if you had a team of 10 people coming on board, we didn't necessarily say we needed to bring that account up from $20 per user to 30. It was how do we get those accounts that might have 20 or 30 or 50 people on their team to come on board with Help Scout? Right. So you just move up market a bit and kind of get in their ecosystem. Was, uh, was that not happening at the time? Like you said, there was obviously a few in the, in the database and you were going through and you know, why weren't they converting? Uh, but was there a conscious effort, uh, you know, over these past few years to, to create more content that maybe speaks to those folks that are up market and, and then obviously, uh, you know, doing things, um, you know, customer marketing and things like that to actually get them using the product. Yeah. So at the time we weren't necessarily, uh, I'd say we were we were more broad in our strategy, like we were just providing content that we thought would be helpful for teams that work in customer support or customer success or you know customer service in a in a different type of industry, right? So we were just creating broad content. We were we were kind of getting these accounts already, uh, <laughs> and not necessarily a coordinated effort. 
over the last few years, as we have started seeing success kind of moving up market a little bit, we are now starting to kind of organize the teams uh, to at least think of content uh, and think of the marketing initiatives we're putting in place a little differently uh, as we've really learned, right? And part of this is sales helped learn, like these larger businesses have much different needs, much different pain points and much different processes than the accounts we were we were used to working with. Right, for sure. And Help, Help Scout's always created great content. Like you guys have always been, I think, a blog that um, a lot of folks have pointed to as 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 one that's um, not self serving. Uh, great branding, great content, obviously. And uh, is that still uh, obviously for a company that um, was scaling as quickly as you guys? Um, you know that that played a big role. Is content still, you know, at this point? Because I think what happens is. Some companies will scale to a certain point where their focus is now on customer marketing, um, you know, increasing the average uh, revenue per you know customer that they already have. And content seems doesn't fall off, but it almost becomes like a back burner thing. And that's kind of what got them there in the first place. Like, what <laughs> what role does content play these days at HelpScout? Is it still just as, or even more important, less important? It's still just as important, right? At the end of the day, we can build a great product, we can build a great brand. Right. Uh, but most importantly, we build a great community. Our users help each other. Uh, where, you know, support driven is a big support community where all of the, you know, all, a lot of our users have now come together. They work together. They provide support for each other and they help people. Uh, you know, so like we always want to say, like, why can't customer support be a career option? Right. So when most people talk about customer service or support, they think of entry level roles and they think, you know, people come into an organization through support and then they kind of navigate their way. Uh, into a different role in the future. And we really want to, we call it democratize support. Like, how do you help build a community of people who love helping people? <laughs> uh, so I'd say, and how do you build that community? It's it's not only, you know, historically, it's about educating the community, and we're still going to continue doing that. And I'd say it's still probably one of the most important, if not the most important thing on our marketing list. Uh, that being said, right, the, sorry, here I had another, uh, the the other part of it, though, is, now that we have this platform and we've built up all of these people who are reading our content, we're also now trying to help our community get their voice out there. So as you've seen, our blog has evolved over the years. We still have all of our writers, but now we're having other community members participate in that blog. So I'd say that was a big change that we made last year to help kind of uh, you know recommit to the building the community via content. That's a great idea. So you actually have community members that'll write for the Help Scout blog. Yep, exactly. That's great. Yeah. Um, and like, what is the, in terms of like lead gen these days or, or, or even signups, like what is the, what does the mix look like? So content, uh, <laughs> is it like, you know, paid ads, AdWords? like, what well, I guess like what works for you guys? Yeah. So, you know, I think, uh, we don't do a ton, but we do all the things that work and all the basics, right? So we do, we have our content on the blog. Uh, we do paid spend and we do retargeting. And I'd say those are kind of the three, the three pillars that we just continually do, and they continually just uh, return good results for us. Uh, so, and you know, as we've as we've grown, we're starting to kind of build that customer marketing uh, muscle where we're doing more customer stories, we're doing case studies, we're helping kind of make sure that those are, are getting into the circulation. But again, the vehicle for bringing all of that to life is still our content is helping with distribution, our team is helping with distribution, and then you know, paid spend and retargeting. For sure. What what in terms of uh, paid spend? Where have you guys been in your time? What what works in terms of channels and things like that? 
Yeah, so uh, I couldn't, I'm probably not the best to speak to that. So uh, Eli, who kind of runs all of our paid spend, uh, could probably uh, talk you off for much longer than an hour, uh, as he's always running different experiments and optimizing things. So he could probably speak to that more. Uh, but I know that, you know, Google uh, is still kind of a big, probably, I think, probably the, the biggest area we, we put our money on paid spend. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to to compete with that data. Yeah, unless, unless you're unless you're Facebook, but that you know see you yeah, know, and I returns. again I'll I'll uh, I'll tread lightly just because I I don't know uh, I couldn't say anything with a hundred percent accuracy, but I believe we're we're still on an ongoing basis experimenting with social ads, but I don't think that we have really uh, we've really found anything there that's like you know we would continue pumping more and more money in because it's just working that well yet. Right. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of companies are in that boat too, uh, especially ones that maybe have higher, higher deal prices. Uh, it, it could be hard to influence people at that, you know at at scale on something like Facebook, whereas like AdWords obviously is much more targeted. Right? People are searching mm-hmm. for, you know, a help desk software or, or or whatever it is, and and they find you. That's that's that that's going to be more effective. Um, so talk about your role for a minute. Uh, how how has your role sort of evolved since you came on board? over two years ago. Um, and, uh, like what, what do you, like, what are your, what are your priorities these days and what are you working toward? (laughs) So, uh, over the last two years, uh, we've done a lot really. So it was, all of it was about learning and helping. So it was, we did everything from so, so my team uh, that we're now formally starting to call sales. We've had multiple names, right? It was customer success. It was customer development. Now we have anchored and we've become comfortable with ourselves to say like, we are a sales team. We're just helping people. Like we're doing it in a different way and we're trying to kind of, uh, we've broken at least the impression internally of what sales is. But part of what it was, you know, how do you build, how did we build the sales team from the ground up? We spent two years learning, right? And what that meant was we worked, we, d- we did kind of multiple functions. So we, we span everything from like what you would typically consider account, an account executive, right? So we worked with, you know, new trials coming on board that we thought were going to be larger in size. Sometimes we had we missed the mark a lot. We ended up working with you know much smaller customers. We ended up working with larger, but it was just about learning, right? What does the, the ideal process look like? What do customers need help with? Where are their gaps today, right? But on top of just kind of doing the sales function, we also did a lot on the customer success and the account management side, right? And the reason we invested in doing that and just is just learning is because we wanted that to be one of the the functions and foundations of sales. So. All of our larger customers, we work to build one-on-one relationships with, right? We got on the phone, we helped them through, you know, as they were going through change, we helped them with change in their account, change of process. We helped them with billing, right? We we worked on the customer success front with educating our existing customers, finding out where there were maybe gaps in product adoption that we could provide value in. So we kind of spanned the whole spectrum of the, the customer lifecycle post-sale, but we did that to understand what do we want sales to be? Right at Help Scout, the sales function is really helping through the evaluation and helping through onboarding. Right, once a customer is live, they're typically pretty self-service, right? But it's that initial area that we need they need help with. And by working with existing customers that are already there, it was actually a way to like short circuit it. We learned what all of these large customers we have were having problems with, and then we took what we learned and kind of helped that define what the sales playbook was going to look like. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. So, so sales is really, it's, it's, 
it's more inbound and it's more you're you're working your current install base right like free trial users and things like that so uh you're, you're not necessarily doing cold outreach and 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 calling into leads or 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 what does that look like yeah so uh we've experimented with different approaches over the, the two years so we did uh we ran an outbound experiment for six months uh and really just didn't see a ton of success there Right at the end, what we learned from the outbound is there's still probably something there. We'll continue to revisit it. What we learned on the outbound front, though, was it just wasn't as efficient. Essentially, the the money that we would pay to get an outbound lead was the same money that we could put into paid spender content and get the same result, if not better. And the sales cycle was longer. <laughs> so really, the economics there just didn't make sense for us right now. So we we kind of you know put that off as what I would call, you know, a failed experiment for now and we'll revisit in the future. And we've dedicated all of our focus back to inbound, but everything that comes in uh, that our team now, like now that we we're starting to actually build out the sales team, we're much more focused where we've really narrowed in is uh, a lead has to have shown intent to evaluate and intent to evaluate for us means uh, they're, they're still pretty far down the funnel. So they've signed up for a trial. They've attended or registered for uh, one of our live, live demos or a recorded demo, or they have downloaded certain content uh, like switching help desk guides or, you know, how do you migrate your your data from Zendesk? If you take key actions like that, we know that you have intent to evaluate. And then the other criteria that we looked at uh, was from a qualification standpoint, uh, how do we benchmark their users? And today we work with anybody who we anticipate is going to have over 11 users on Health Scout. Wow. Nice. So that, so yeah, so you're, you're working, you have a, a much more focused inbound approach. So you kind of get involved when there's a, a certain level of intent there in terms of product usage or, or interest in the product. And then, yeah. um, I, I guess like, uh, and then you're involved obviously post sale and onboarding. Um, and it, is that, is that like you said, completely modeled off of what you learned from your customer base? Yeah. So I think there's a, there's a couple things, maybe take a step back to, to help, so Help Scout's business, right? We're run on, on expansion, right? So the way, the way we treat customers from a billing standpoint is you pay us for your, your usage. So unlike, right, when, when Salesforce, were, if you purchase Salesforce, right, and you buy 10 licenses, you're paying for 10 licenses even if you only end up having one person use it. We truly only bill you for the number of users you have in the system. So our job as sales is, is not only to help you make the decision to, to purchase Help Scout, right, and have that first billing event, but it's to make sure you see success with Help Scout. Because if we help you see success, that's when you grow, <laughs> right? That's when you begin adding users, right? And you can grow in two ways. You could grow because your team is growing. So if, if it's a single use, right, your support team comes on and you scale, your support team will grow with Help Scout. The other way you can grow with Help Scout is cross department. So a lot of our customers will come on board with a single team. So it could be support and it has a shared mailbox. It could be uh, sales, or it could be even the accounting team has a shared mailbox. And then what you start seeing is as people become our advocates internally and say how much we've helped them, we start seeing other departments come on board. So we can kind of span the organization horizontally. So that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that certainly makes sense. And, um, so, and, and so, so yeah, I mean, it sounds very, uh, like what are, I guess what, so for, yeah, go ahead. To, to, to go back to your question. So what does an account executive do today at Help Scout? Right. So the way we work, so an account executive actually owns their account for the first year that they come on board. 
So you would work with, when you kind of sign up for a trial, you have an account executive that works with you through the initial evaluation. They're also your main point of contact, and they work with you typically during the first three months for setup and you know team training and any kind of onboarding activities that have to happen. And then for the most part, we know that once you're onboarded properly, there's not a lot of um, maintenance that has to go into the account. But the account executive still owns that account for their first year as their main point of contact. Now, our support team is a phenomenal resource, right? They still will answer questions. Uh, they're fast. They're, they're probably you know, a little bit more reactive uh, that we have the ability to, to be with customers. But it is that one point of contact to make that kind of onboarding uh, and purchasing experience as seamless as possible. What are some of the like? What are some of the common challenges that you're helping like new folks work through? Like, what, what do you guys hear most often? Yeah, so I think the 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 first and most prominent thing as we kind of work our way through is is just helping determine if Help Scout is a good fit. So when you think like it, you know, in in the software space, for example, when you think of customer support, we all have the vision for what customer support is, right? It's a team they're working with people who are writing in with product questions. When you think of the customers that we serve. They span all different kind of spectrums of use cases. Customer service, for example, at a manufacturing company is very different than e-commerce customer service, which is very different than travel and logistics, right? So the, the biggest thing we help with initially is when customers come to us, they just have a problem. They might still be in you know, Outlook with 50 different shared email accounts, or they might be on one of our competitors' platform. And they just come to us and they, they have some type of pain point or need or reason to evaluate a new system. The best thing that we can do is just help them understand, one, map out, like help them kind of visualize and map out how they work today, and then just help them understand how that fits into Help Scout. Because every customer truly is somewhat unique in regards to their use case. So I'd say that is kind of step one. Once we help you identify, like, is Help Scout a good fit and how does it map or enhance how you work today? I'd say the next help scout's really easy to use. Like people typically see it and they're like, I get it. They're off to the races. It's if we don't help them understand how things map in, that's where it's more difficult to run the product. Is there a specific so we, aha moment that when they, you know, because obviously something like help scout is, is a sticky product, right? It's going to be something that mm -hmm. your, your whole team is relying upon. Have you guys found that there's a, a specific aha moment that if they connect this or once they do this, like the likelihood of them continuing forward is is much higher. So on on strictly the product front, so if we look at just product metrics, we know that if you set up an email forwarding during your trial, you're much more likely to convert. Um, that's a pretty, uh, that is the most extensive part of setup. And it's not hard. It only takes five minutes. But you actually have to say, like, send all of my email into the system. <laughs> so that's a pretty, uh, a pretty strong signal that this person is really right. evaluating. Makes or it a lot looking, more sticky, right? Looking to convert. As far as AHA on, on kind of uh, the sales front, right, before they really get into the trial or, or are using it heavily, I'd say the, the big AHA moments, right, from a product standpoint are, one, when people just see the ease of use. So when people always say, like, you know, how are you different than email or how are you different than a competitor? We always lean on, we say one of the things, and again, we, we say this because we hear it from our customers, is just how easy Help Scout is to use. That doesn't mean we can promise on features or you know how powerful the automations are. It's just a simple interface. Uh, so this is something we hear time and time again. And it's funny, you can come on, you know, you be on a call with a customer that's on a, a competitive platform. And when they get on and they see it, 
and you tell them that at the beginning, typically the comment at the end of the call is like, wow, <laughs> uh, you, you weren't lying. Like it, it actually makes sense, but it's one of those things you actually have to see it to understand it. Right. For sure. Yeah. And, and you guys have, I think when we talked last, uh, to, to back up a little bit to, to the models that have worked for you guys and, and obviously the free trial standard in the SaaS space, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you guys tried like a freemium, uh, a, a freemium model for a bit to, <laughs> to, to, to not so great success. Uh, we did, uh, we did. So I think it Why was, uh, yeah, so it was last year, uh, in the, the fall of, uh, of 2016 that we launched our freemium product. Uh, and it, it just didn't work. <laughs> and now when I say it didn't work, I think it, it'd be helpful to say it had adoption, right? So people were adopting the product. But the the goal with any freemium product, right, is you do want people to come in. The, the goal is you want it to actually increase the top of your funnel. So you're getting a lot more signups, but you want to actually see that come through to paid accounts. Right. And what, what we learned is the customers that signed up for our free plan, I mean, virtually almost never converted to paid. And when we dug deeper, right, and hindsight's 2020, right? But when, when we dug deeper, we, we learned a couple of things, right? One is they don't convert, but really that free plan was just attracting the wrong type of customer. Like these were not only very, very small businesses, which if, a, if you're a one or two person company and you want to use Help Scout, like we love that, right? We still love small business. We would want you to use it. But these companies that were coming on, they also had no, um, they weren't businesses that really had the potential to scale. So they were never going to have the demand for more than two users in Help Scout, just based on the nature of the company signing up for this, right? So it was actually just resource intensive. We were building the plan, we were supporting it, uh, but these companies weren't companies that were ever going to pay us, right? Um, and, and the other, the other insight when we think of like, well, why does freemium, why does freemium work for other businesses? And one, one insight I think uh, is is at least helpful to think through if you're a B two B company is are the value that Help Scout's platform provides you is all centered around having a team of people, right? It enhances collaboration. It enhances visibility into who's working on what. It gives you the, the reporting and insights you need to run and scale the business. And because it requires a team, a free plan where other freemium products, so if you think of Trello uh, or, or you know, Lucidchart, individual, val- individual users can utilize that product and get value without having teams on board. You could have 50 people in a company using Trello, each of them in their own independent instance and each getting value. Where in Help Scout, you needed teams to be on board, which I think adds friction to that freemium process. If something, if somebody needs a, a system for a whole team of people, typically their mindset is not, I'm going to get this for free because they're looking for something for an entire team or entire organization. Does that make sense? No, yeah, for sure. That, that's that's a great point. And how long how long did that experiment run for? Uh, I don't know. I think we officially shut it down in Q1 this past year. I don't remember the exact date, but I think we let it run for for at least six months or so. Right, so that, that's uh, run, a good run example, its course. Yeah. yeah, and I mean there was there was a lot of back and forth, right? We kept looking at different cohorts, we kept trying different things, and really we just couldn't. Even when we thought of it, we said, well, you know what, maybe we should use free plans almost as like a lead source. Like let, that, this was one of the things sales experimented with. Like, let's talk to the free plan customers. And again, when we talked to them, we just learned like the help scout free plan is all this customer is ever going to need. Right. It was, it was sort of good enough, right? 
Exactly. So, so the obviously the top of funnel was growing, but so was paid stagnant or like it stayed the same? It didn't grow or it actually went down. So uh, we we didn't we didn't lose anything in paid. So everything continued to grow. <laughs> so nothing. That's the thing is nothing changed on the business front. It didn't necessarily impact us negatively in any way. Uh, everything else still continued to grow. This was just bringing in a whole new segment of customers, right? It's not like people who traditionally signed up for standard then went with free. The companies that historically had paid us money still continued to convert and pay us money. It was customers that, again, customers that just were never going to grow with us uh, that were the ones utilizing the free plan. But we didn't lose anything by it. We just didn't gain anything either. Right, right. So... um... Uh, that's that's great. I mean, I think that's a really common, like like top of funnel growing. Uh, the paid is flat or or actually decreases, and uh, but yeah, that's that's a really uh, I, I like the the insight around having the teams involved because you're right. Like the products that it works really well for, you know, even even if you go into like Dropbox and things like that, which is obviously isn't always B two B, but the individual can get value from it. Uh, well, so so that's a, a really interesting insight. Like the getting the whole team involved is it does add a, a lot of friction. And part of it was, right, if you're using, it was the way the feature sets work. So the feature sets that were anchored to a higher plan were typically things that were more valuable when you had a team. So, right, mentioning people in notes, uh, historical reporting, uh, you know, just some better collaboration features were all the features on a higher plan. And if we limited any of the core functionality for an individual user, so if we tried to limit the number of replies you could send or the way you could uh, assign conversations, right? The things that a single one or two users would use, you actually wouldn't have, Help Scout wouldn't be a good product in general for you. So we didn't want to provide people a poor experience by just gating off all the features. But then what happened, right, is then because the the, the paid features were, were anchored to a team use, there was no opportunity to upgrade. Right. I guess when it comes to that free with a team, I guess Slack will continue to be a unicorn in that space. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I think I think Slack is. I mean, they're they're they 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 can still get a ton of use, right? But I think they the the things that I think are from from Slack standpoint, right? They have a great premium approach. Uh, they're they but they have something they can anchor to, and it's that history, right? And the history again is valuable to an individual user. Right. Right. Well, you need, yeah, I mean, you need your team on there, right? I mean, so they've right. penetrated a lot of organizations on a free plan by getting your whole team involved. But yeah, and now, now it's sort of just like the, the industry standard. So yeah. Um, yeah. The, the other thing, I, you know, I read an article about it, uh, you know, way back. The other thing that I think in, uh, you know, Trello went through this and, and, you know, Slack went through as well, but they all have sales teams. <laughs> so for a long time, right, people talk about the freemium approach. And, but when you, when you kind of, when you read the articles and the content they're putting out and you look at kind of their, their team dynamics, you'll see even on these freemium products, though, when they're starting to move up market a little bit and selling into bigger organizations, they still have these teams that are doing the sales function, except in today's model, the sales function isn't going outbound and pitching the product. It's helping drive adoption, drive healthy usage, uh, help with organizational change it's just the function of sales has changed and we package it differently um but that's just the nature of the way kind of products have evolved oh totally agree yeah if, if you have a big freemium base i think obviously you need a a sales team sort of yeah. helping helping further their usage uh inspire usage yeah and, and and sort of work them up the funnel if possible but yeah um 
So I guess like these days, what is, what is quote unquote sales? And, and you kind of touch on this a little bit, but what does sales look like these days inside of Help Scout? Like what the, the, in terms of like the function and, and how it's working? Yeah. So, uh, so we're just now starting to scale the team. And, and part of that rare is, is we were seeing really, really strong success in our sales funnel metrics the beginning of last year, right? Uh, our, just because of the, the sensitivity to building out sales, uh, the impact it could have on the business, and quite frankly, just like the financial investment, we decided to go slow and steady. So a lot of companies, when they start seeing early success, uh, and, and, you know, I could argue both ways work. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to say that this way is necessarily the best way, or even hindsight's twenty twenty. if I would do exactly the same, but we let the metrics continue to prove themselves over and over. So where we could have said last year, we need to hire, we need to start building the team now. Instead, what we really did is said, let's, let's prove we can continue doing this consistently and quarter over quarter for all three quarters. Uh, the first three quarters last year, we saw a uh, consistent amount, if not growing amount of opportunities coming into the funnel. And every quarter, I mean, to the percentage point, uh, or maybe a 10th off, we were converting 30% quarter after quarter. <laughs> it didn't change. And it was it was that point where we said, okay, uh, going into next year, like we need to start figuring out how do we actually scale this and make it repeatable across the company. Um, and that took the, the second half of this year, which was really, now it was not just kind of the sales team's effort and experiment. But it was making sure all of the other teams and organizations were on board. We've identified this customer segment as being, you know, uh, very profitable. Help Scout's a good fit for them. We now really understand what it takes to to sell to them. We understand what their onboarding experience looks like. Right, all the metrics were there, but now we had to get the other teams uh, on board and say, uh, this requires a change in in marketing. Right, it requires like we know where there are gaps in the feature. So is product on board with? with making sure that the future, you know, roadmap is aligned with what this team is going to need. And it was really spending the second half helping all the teams understand where we were going and the impact, right? Sales is not a one team job. It's the impact all the teams have on the customers. So we spent the end of last year doing that. And we're now just starting to, uh, to scale up the team. Great. And what, and I, what have you found that like the, the success metrics or goals for the customer success slash sales team, that's an important lever for getting people into the right mind frame in terms of like, this isn't your, your grandfather's sales, right? Or your dad's, this is like, you're, you're helping, you're helping people through the funnel, get on board and use the product, get value. So like, what kind of, like, how do you guys determine success metrics as a team? Like, what do you set for goals? Um, like, a, you know, just a, a, at a basic general level? Yeah. So the way we look at kind of our goals as a team if we were to break our funnel down like very detailed, we go through, we go anything from, it starts at sales accepted. And once something is sales accepted, that means there uh, there's intent to evaluate. Uh, we think there's 11 plus user potential uh, and right the, the contact uh, and customer info looks legitimate, <laughs> right? As soon as it's sales accepted, the metrics that we look at and keep a very close pulse on are one is sales engaged. So at the end of the day, if you wanted to come on to Help Scout and you were a team of 50, and you never wanted to engage with sales or success, you could actually work your way through the pipeline without any assistance. We don't find many people do that, but it does happen. Um, an interesting data point, though, is we st- the data still shows that if you come through the pipeline and you don't work with sales, uh, you typically have uh, less adoption on the, on the product side. You typically pay less, and we see less annual payment. So there, there's still a lot of value wow. in getting sales engaged. That's so we great, look yeah, at a great data point for your team. 
Right. So we look at that data of like, as things are accepted, we want to work to engage with as many people as we can in a one-to-one. And that doesn't mean they necessarily have to get on the call. It just means we have to be having bi-directional communication. And then from there, uh, we, we keep a really close pulse, right, on all of your standard, like how are of these deals that are sales engaged, how are they being forecast? How are they progressing through the pipeline uh, are kind of the, the key metrics, right? And then we just look at uh, on the on kind of the output of it. We look at, right, what was the initial, the, the three metrics are what was the initial MRR? What is their three month? Uh, what is their MRR at, at month three? Because remember, an account could come on with one user. So when you look at it, you know, someone says, oh, I want a, you know, a, $40, <laughs> a $40 a month uh, deal. But really, if once they get through onboarding, it could be $2,000. Uh, so we keep a close eye on like how many deals are being won. So just like the, the volume at the end of the month. What is the three-month uh, average MRR of those deals? Uh, and then we look at the, the product adoption. Like, are they healthy? Are they using the product? Uh, and you know, just overall, are they happy? How big is your, your team now, uh, customer success? So, or so we have, uh, so there's three of us now uh, on the team. And then we have, uh, there's three of us who are, are considered account executives on the team. Uh, and then we have two other folks uh, who would be customer success. So they're not necessarily working with just all of the 11 plus uh, accounts through the sales funnel, but they are doing more kind of proactive like training. Uh, they do a lot of our live demos and they create all of the resources that help our customer base stay healthy and growing with Help Scout. That's great. Uh, well, congrats. I mean, I, the, the team's growing. Uh, it sounds like you guys are tracking the right metrics and, and things seem to be moving in the right direction. What is, uh, like, what is, what are, what are the overall goals and aspirations of Help Scout? Like, where, where are we going to find you guys in a year, two years, five years? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, over the, the next couple of years are going to be exciting. Uh, the space is changing dramatically. And, and one of the biggest changes right now is you're seeing this, this consolidation of roles. So there's still roles within an organization of sales and success and support, uh, right? But what you're actually seeing is on the customer experience front, you're seeing things are starting to consolidate down as far as like the channels that they use, the people that we're working with. So I think uh, I think it's just going to be an exciting time where, where Help Scout is going to become your communication hub. So we're seeing it now with our customers is it's not just about support utilizing this as a communication platform, but you're, you're going to see a lot of teams come on board and realize that they can all work from a single platform to communicate with customers. So uh, I think that's probably uh, what I'm most excited about and something we're just seeing natural momentum build around. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I'm looking, I'm excited about the, on the product front. Today, you know, your primary channels are, are your, e- we help you support email, we help you support uh, a little bit of social media, and then we help you with all of the self-service documentation. I think as we kind of expand uh, those channels over the uh, the upcoming years, it's going to be uh, exciting as well. Ooh, exciting times! And again, congrats on on the success and and growing the team and uh, and and where you guys are headed. But this was a lot of fun, Tim. You, you shared a lot of information. Thanks for coming on and and being so open and transparent. And uh, yeah, thank you for for spending the time. No, thank you. I uh, thank you for inviting us. Where you know we're big fans of DataBox. I think it. A little plug I'll give you is uh, DataBox integrates with Help Scout, uh, so we appreciate we appreciate everything you do. We appreciate you having us on, uh, and really, it's it's just as exciting to watch your journey and see everything you guys are doing. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, we we love having partners on, and, and uh, yeah, if we could work close more closely together over the over the next years, uh, that would be great. So, uh, Tim, it, gr- great to hear that you're feeling better, <laughs> and uh, and we'll talk soon. Awesome, John. I appreciate it. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.